Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. And good news, I'm putting the podcast out there to, to more and more networks. I think I just saw this past week where it's on Spotify. I'm trying to get it on Pandora and iHeartRadio. That's on top of the fact that you can also get it in the Android and Apple podcast apps. So that's good too. Um, but in any case, though, we're going to talk about when bad news is bullish. And we've seen a lot of that lately. Of course, I, we've talked a lot in recent weeks and in recent episodes about the massive sell-off that we've seen in the stock market going back to the late February time period where the S&P 500 goes from like 3,400 almost. I think it was like 3,397 where it ultimately peaked out at to like 2,191 lows. Huge move, right? But since then, we're, we're seeing the NASDAQ almost at all-time highs. The NASDAQ 100, that is. And we're seeing the S&P 500 about, you know, 35, 36% off the lows. And the bad news is still out there. There's still a lot of bad news. But guess what? We're not selling off. No, we actually keep rallying in the face of bad news. So that's what this whole podcast is going to be about today, when bad news is bullish. And if you follow me on Twitter at all, my handle is SharePlanner. I make a lot of jokes about it. You know, the the bad news comes out and I'm always retweeting them and saying, oh, this has got to be bullish. And it seems kind of funny when I when I do it at the time. It's like, oh my gosh, how could that possibly be bullish? And then you see the market react bullishly to it. And you've seen it most recently with the jobless claims numbers. They've been atrocious. They've been absolutely awful. Yet the market keeps rallying off of them. I think we're talking Talking like eight out of the last nine that's rallied. As I'm doing this podcast here, it's kind of uncertain whether the market will rally off today's because it's a Thursday and I'm doing it, which is a couple days late for my podcast. But nonetheless, it has sold off initially and now it's trying to claw its way back up. We'll have to see how it closes. But it's not so much that the market is rallying off of bad news. It's more about the fact that when you have major sell-offs, there's always a bounce back. There's always a dead cat bounce. There's always a counter trend rally. The sell-off that we had back in February and March, it was one of the, the biggest sell-offs of all time and for that short of a period. And yet, what did the market do? It came right back up. So I like to equate it to a rubber band. If you pull on a rubber band a little bit and let go, it's not going to go that far. But if you pull back on it a whole lot and stretch it to its max and let go, that thing's going to fly. If you hit somebody with it, it might poke their eye out. But that's what you're having here with the S&P 500. Very quick all-time high to recession, faster move than any that's ever been seen in history. So what should we expect in return? Well, we, we should expect a massive counter-trend rally. Did I necessarily expect it at the beginning? No, I didn't. I, I did play the bounce here and there and stuff like that, but... I haven't been all about this market rally, and a lot of people aren't. Take a look at Warren Buffett, okay? Everybody likes to praise him for being a shrewd investor. Guy hasn't touched anything. In fact, he's done more selling than anything. He's sitting on a ton of cash. So there's a lot of people sitting on cash and just not getting behind this rally, and that's okay. you got to wait until 
the risk environment is suitable for your trading. And that may be the case with Warren Buffett that the environment's not suitable for his risk profile at this given moment. He he got rid of some of his airline stocks. Actually, he got rid of all of them. He shed some of his bank stocks. But looking back on the market action, and when I talked about the rubber band, it's, it's, you can clearly see it in this behavior. We had an extreme sell-off followed by an extreme counter-trend rally. Now, do I think this rally is just going to hold up forever? No, I think we're going to go back and we're going to possibly test those lows, maybe even break through them and go even lower. I think there's a very good chance of that. Here's the reason why, too, is because the the street right now is focused on reopening. They're focused on the vaccine. You you throw a vaccine story out there, the S&P 500 is going to find a way to rally 100 points off of it. A state starts talking about reopening. Oh, we got to get bullish on that. But they're not really, the street's not really looking at the nitty gritty of what's really going on here. You've got 39 million people without jobs right now. 39 million people that have lost jobs due to the coronavirus, due to the government shutdown. Do we really think that the employers are just going to rehire everybody back? No. In fact, 50% of small businesses do not expect to hire back their people. We're at 39 million unemployed right now. If 20 million of them do not get rehired, you're looking at about 11, 12% unemployment going forward. And when it comes to large businesses, let me tell you, they're going to use this as a reason to make less people do more work. It's happened in every recession we've ever been in. More responsibility to the people who've got their jobs. They will do it because they don't want to lose their jobs because a good job and a recession is hard to come by. So that, guess what? They're going to step up. They'll work the long hours. They'll get stressed out. Corporations will not rehire people that they fired by and large. Because why? They're going to tighten their purse strings too. So you have all this unemployment number. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Consumption's going to go down because less people's working. People who do work, they're probably going to be a little bit nervous about going on these real fancy and extravagant vacations. Guess what? Consumption's going to be pulled back there too. Everybody's going to pull back. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I have a, a car lease right now. And I think it's due in about three or four months. i got to turn it in and get a new car. And they're already hitting me up right now to get a new car. Swap it out for, for something new. But guess what? Not going to do it. Well, was that a George Bush expression there? The not going to do it? <laughs> I think it was. That was like the Dana Garvey. Remember that from Saturday Night Live? But anyways, they're still coming in really high. I mean, they're, they're wanting to up my, my price per month for my car by about 50, 60% than what I'm paying right now. So no, I'm not going to do it. I feel like as a buyer in this economy, one, I want to make sure that I'm making prudent decisions too. The other thing is, is that I want to uh, make sure that I am able to take advantage of any deals that come down the my way here in the in the coming months when these dealerships start getting desperate to start moving some of their product off the lot. So going back to the main topic here, the Wall Street's not really looking at the long-term effects of this coronavirus. They're looking at vaccines and reopenings. That's all it's caring about. It doesn't even care if people get sick and die from this right now because there's still plenty of people getting sick and still plenty of people dying from the virus. It just wants to know, are we reopening? And is there a vaccine? Two things that it cares about. That's why when you see the jobless claims come out, it doesn't really care. As long as it thinks that it's reopening, everything's going to go back to normal. What's going to have to happen is for the market to realize, okay, we're reopening, but we're not consuming. We're reopening, but people are not getting hired back up again. 
two-thirds of the economy is small business. Guess what? Wall Street doesn't see that. And yes, small businesses are not publicly traded by and large, but you know what? They have an impact on the large businesses. They have an impact on the publicly traded companies because if these small businesses do not rehire or these small businesses do not reopen. And there's about 11% of them in a, in a Facebook survey that says, hey, if things don't get better really soon, we're not reopening ever. Those people consume. Those people buy those products. So why do I care so much about consumptions? Because earnings will go down. Earnings forecasts will be revised. So unemployment sky high, GDP's contracting. We're talking about as much as 30 to 40% contraction in GDP for quarter two. There's a huge role that the Fed is playing. The market cares about that quite a bit too. And they're basically buying every kind of financial asset there is, insuring every kind of loan that there is, except for the idea of buying stocks. And they haven't ruled that out. They, they actually would like to buy stocks too, I'm sure. Is that good for the economy? Is that good for the world? No, it's not. It's, it's socializing the market. It's welfare corporate welfare. All you're doing is just enriching the corporate executives, giving them more money because their stock options are going to become more and more valuable while the taxpayers foot the bill. And we always hear about, oh, the the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Capitalism is run amok. I don't think capitalism is run amok, but I think government messes up capitalism, quite honestly. When it starts to intervene, it messes everything up. And that's what's happening right here. They're allowing for the rich to get richer and to at the expense of the poor and at the expense of the middle class because they are bailing them out. When was the last time you ever heard of a billionaire going out of business? Yes, they're probably shrewd businessmen and everything like that. However, they never have to dip into their own pockets to fix their mess. A small business, if they start going out of business or the, the threat of them going out of business looms at large, they're going to fight to keep that business open. They're going to dip into their own pockets to keep that business afloat. You want to know who doesn't do that? CEOs. And owners of large businesses, they don't do that. Very rarely do you see that happen. So the markets are going up because their focus is on reopening and vaccines. And it's being given a floor of support underneath by the role that the Fed is playing. People are buying the hope. You've got the Robin Hood bros that are coming in strong on the market. They've never been in the stock market before. They're coming in strong. They're buying up everything. That's why we're going up so much on light, light volume because it, there's not a lot of people selling at this moment. So it doesn't take much to keep it going up because if you the, the slightest bit of buying power will propel the market 100 points to the upside. My other favorite expression is don't fight the Fed. Man, you know how overused that expression is? I do a YouTube video. I bet you every YouTube video that I have, somebody says, don't fight the Fed. Like they're coming up with this novel idea of don't fight the Fed. Man, we've been saying that for like 15, 20 years, guys. There's nothing new about it, but it has its limits too. People talk about, okay, don't fight the Fed when they're cutting interest rates. Guys, did you see what happened in the beginning of this sell-off? They were doing emergency rate cuts of gargantuan proportions, taking it all the way down to zero. Each time they did it, and it was two separate times, the market sold off. The reason why is because there just wasn't any ammunition left in those kinds of moves. Now, what the Fed's doing right now, there is some ammunition in it. It's causing the markets to go back up. However, even that will, will lose its firepower at some point. So if you blindly follow the Fed and just say, don't fight the Fed and make that your mantra for trading, it's like buy the dip, don't fight the Fed. Okay, cool. But guess what? That eventually leads to disappointment. Just like the people who early on in the market sell off that thought that the Fed cutting interest rates down to zero was going to help matters. It didn't. It just kept on tanking. It did not care. So don't be surprised in the world of trading when bad news is good for the stock market because much of the bounce that's happening is because the sell-off already factored in the bad news. And so it's rising again. What will cause the market to go back down is when there's a fresh batch of bad news of new 
data, which I think will probably come from the consumption side of things when it comes from people are not going back to work, people are not buying, people are not renting an Airbnb or people are not going and buying new cars or buying new houses, that's when you're going to start seeing another wave of selling in the stock market. But until then, yeah, bad news is going to be bullish until you see otherwise. That's going to do it for this episode. If you guys have any questions, feel free to email me, ryan at shareplanner.com. Thank you and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Share Planner Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on Share Planner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.